Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go and Chua Tian Tian. It's time now for Market View. Quite a few things to talk about. Bangkok being one of them, uh, as well as uh, central bank decisions uh, that are going to take stage uh, the rest of this week. Tian Tian, first though, uh, we're going to get a recap of how we started the day. Right. So, Elliot, Singapore shares opened higher today. And no thanks to Jerome Powell because uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve has decided to pause interest rate hikes. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.1% to 3,222 points. Some 129.8 million securities changed hands in the market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark Straits Times Index closed up 0.77%. We're looking at 3,242 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.39 billion. Our gainers outnumbered losers, 352 versus 219. Top advances, Venture Corporation, Jardin Psycho and Carriage, and JMHUSD. Top decliners, New Incorporation USD, DBS, and UOB. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Capo. Uh, Capo obtained two contracts to provide what it calls Energy as a Service in Bangkok's Samyen Smart City. That's through its joint venture with DCAP. Now, meanwhile, we have a slew of central bank decisions that continue to take the centre stage. The US Federal Reserve obviously holding interest rates steady at the 5 to 5.25% range. China lowering its medium-term lending facility rate by 10 basis points to 2.65%. Now, for more market moves and views, let's speak to David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Tian Thank you for having me the show as always. Yeah, great to have you as always. And David, let's start with the Singapore mm-hmm. stock market as usual. How did the SDI fare today? I think uh, for the local market, uh, prior to the huge uh, rate hike decision early this morning, I think uh, what we have been seeing is, you know, with your headline annual inflation continue to fall, but your core annual inflation isn't coming off, you know, quite as fast as, you know, uh, how the Fed would like it to be. But despite that, you know, the market was looking at just less than 5% odds of a rate hike. Mm. So if the Fed needed some backing, you know, to skip a meeting you know, early this morning, well, they certainly got it and, you know, markets have vouched for that. So uh, with that being said, you know, the US market certainly didn't close all green, you know, for all three key indices, but that didn't, you know, quite affect the Asian market so, you know, as we could see. David, let's take a look at some of the biggest movers for today. Any comments on SIA perhaps after OCBC raised its fair value and robust travel demand? Well, um, if I put SIA aside, you know, just for a little while, you know, I will actually, uh, with the index going up by, by about 0.7% today, I will actually expect the index heavy weight, you know, like the banks to be at least up for the day. But uh, apparently stocks like UOB and DBS, they were actually down. So um, I could see that you know some investors were actually playing a bit of rotation here, rotating out of the banking stocks, you know, on a peak uh, net interest margin concerns, as it you know continue to weigh on some of the investors. So um, you know back to SIA, you know, uh, you know, did I say more? You know, we are seeing the stock price going uh, in a one-way traffic. So um, I would say the movement is uh, a bit. It's a tad too surprising, even though you know it has been upgraded by OCBC at the target price of uh, I think it's around seven dollars and ninety four cents. And at one point today, we could see the SIA actually was trading at uh, as high as seven dollars and ninety five cents. Mm. So I guess uh, at this point in time, a lot of good news, uh, especially on uh, travel demand, seems to be priced in mm. already. And when I contrast this target price though know, to other houses, you know, I thought. 
target prices floating around at you know anywhere between six dollars nineteen cents and six dollars eighty cents. So it's a question of whether those uh, these houses you know still see catalyst for further upgrades. If yes, what are these upgrades uh, which have not been you know picked up by OCBC yet? And uh, if there are no strong catalysts, well, I mean the share price could be now prone to profit taking and you know perhaps uh, trading sideways thereafter. All right, let's uh, zoom in on Keppel Corp announcing that it's providing something called an energy as a service for Sam Yan Smart City in Bangkok. How significant is this for Keppel Corp? Uh, well, I guess, uh, firstly, you know, the coming of the release of this news couldn't be better given, uh, how the SDI is on the bull run today. But, uh, on actual impact to earnings, well, I think, uh, Kepler already said, uh, in his announcement that there won't be any financial impact to this year's earnings. Mm. And, you know, be, but beyond this year, I think Kepler will likely record a portion of the project, you know, which has a value of, you know, more than, I think, around 320 million. In phases, starting from the fiscal year 2024, um, looking at doing a deep dive, uh, you know, within the announcement, I could see that you know uh, the revenue from this project, I think, is likely to be recorded in its uh, energy and environment division, you know, which is actually driving you know more than 60% of your capital costs total revenue, and uh, around 20% of total net profit, you know, for the fiscal year 2022. And um, given that after completion of the project, Keppel will be also tasked to operate and maintain it, uh, mm. will sort of give its recurring income a further boost. So all in all, I think this uh, contract actually gave Keppel, you know, two bites of the cherry and, you know, putting another step to achieve its target AUM of, uh, I think, $200 billion by the year 2030. Mm, okay. And if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Uh, around the world, David, uh, the US Fed's decision to hold Old interest rates steady that has provided some relief to investors, uh, though it signaled that there may be two more rate hikes later in the year. What else from the FOMC meeting stood out to you this time round? Say comments on the, the Fed's balance sheet drawdown. Okay, uh, I think the Fed tried to deliver on its commitment to keep rates higher for longer for sure, but it, it worked. I reckon the jury is still out on this one. So, uh, with Fed Chairman uh, Powell fell short of committing to a July rate hike, as you know, you expect, mm. and you know, reaffirmed that the next meeting will actually be a live one. There were some minor tweaks to the statement and forward guidance, but um, ultimately, the Fed is just opening the door to be flexible. It can either continue skipping a rate hike, or it can simply hike again next month. However, looking at the uh, information plots as uh, we are all accustomed to, it actually suggests to me that uh, their job is not done yet. So will policy makers follow through on that? Uh, I pardon my skepticism, but this wouldn't be mm. the first time central bankers will have to walk back on their commitment. Of course, depending on how the US economy actually evolves. Mm. And um, ultimately, with the federal fund rates uh, still in negative territory in real terms, mm. there is certainly scope for several more rate, rate heights uh, if the recession takes longer to materialize and if it materialize at all. And uh, what's the impact on the U.S. market, if, if, you, if you ask me? Um, how the U.S. market is now going along with this narrative, you know, uh, it can continue to churn higher while still waiting for hard signs of recession. So, it, But if you ask me, the rally seen in recent weeks has certainly been a bit overstretched for now. Mm, okay. And uh, Min Huang from uh, the US, let's take a look mm-hmm. at China. The PBOC lowering its medium-term lending facility rate by uh, 10 basis points to 2.65%, at the same time also injecting some 33 billion US dollars into financial markets today. 
To what extent can this bolster the Chinese economy given the slew of weak data we saw, property investment numbers, home price figures, mm-hmm. record youth jobless rates, industrial numbers? Uh, how has this helped Asian markets today though? Right. So the move by uh, China Central Bank, so which follows cut to two other policy rates earlier this week, uh, actually show that officers in Beijing are uh, increasingly you know, getting uneasy about the economy. And uh, if you ask me whether lowering rates will help, uh, well, I guess the magnitude of interest cut could help a little. But given that rates are not exactly high in China to begin with, this uh, rate cut you know, could be marginal at best. Um, from my understanding, I guess uh, what's important is for confidence to be revived you know, among the businesses and consumers in China who are burdened by heavy debt and uh, are actually quite hesitant to spend and invest even after the pandemic. And uh, you know, looking at the banking side, the demand for loans is weak, you know, despite plentiful credit uh, already. Underscoring mm. that, you know, household and businesses nervousness about spending and taking on more debts. So I'm not exactly sure whether cheaper credit is what the Chinese economy needs. Um, you know, what if you ask me, what mm. could then be the measures to help spur the China economy? I guess uh, credits aside, cheap credits aside, we could be looking at you know perhaps tax cut or subsidies to help you know the SMEs you know get on a better financial footings. Mm. And uh, as I've said before, we could continue to expect authorities to reduce the down payment ratios for new home loans Mm. and perhaps relax some home purchase restrictions in major cities. Mm, And staying in China, let's talk about Chinese right-hailing giant Didi. It now boasts a market value of around 14 billion US dollars if we take Tuesday's closed numbers, uh, which is larger than any other firm whose shares are primarily quoted over-the-counter in the US. And notably, this comes a year after its delisting from the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, What is driving the performance? Can we expect a listing in Hong Kong? Okay, uh... For DD, I think there are several factors at work, uh, one of which would be the restructuring it and back uh, earlier this year or the end of last year with regards to laying off workers in uh, risk management department, some overseas units, you know, in order to stay lean. And uh, the second of which uh, I think would be its ability to stay relevant despite its app being banned in the App Store in China, hence, you know, cutting off new customers and new drivers. So I think prior to the banning of the app uh, in uh, China's uh, app store, I think it had a 90% market share before the ban. And looking at the market share now, I think it's still around 70%, which is still a decently high market share. So apparently, after Didi was cut off from the app stores, you know, uh, passengers and drivers who had previously registered could still use the service as normal. Mm. It's just that, uh, as I said, it was impossible to create new accounts and um, during the period in which it was banned from the store, from the app store, other competitors, you know, actually got in. But um, mm. from what I have known, they didn't exactly offer lower commissions to entice the drivers. And drivers themselves were also finding it hard to find uh, orders, mm. uh, you know, from these smaller competitors due to their skills. So uh, with that being said, did they actually retain a bit of the upper hand? Mm. And uh, if you ask me whether you'll be uh, subject to whether you could actually live in uh, in the coming in the coming near term future, well, um, it's in my opinion that the peak of the crackdown of the uh, entire tech industry has probably passed. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, China will now look towards the tech giants, did included, to drive employment growth, growth and perhaps your economic growth as a result. Mm-hmm. And um, the bottom line is that as long as DD has resolved the loss in which it. Uh, 
was alleged to have violated, namely the ones on governing your network security, data security, and the protection of personal information, I think there is certainly potential for it to get listed again. Mm, and uh, uh, David, don't mind me since we are talking mm. about the tech crackdown and etc. and Chinese tech firms. Uh, this making the news towards the afternoon about TikTok investing billions of dollars in Southeast Asia to boost its e-commerce business of all things. Uh, just want to get some initial thoughts from you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, if we look at the uh, e-commerce growth in, in this part of the world versus China, from what we have studied, uh, certainly there's still a lot of room to grow. And uh, as you could see from some of the investments made uh, by Alibaba in Indonesia, you know, Vietnam, and mm-hmm. some of the other Southeast countries, etc., this part of the world, I mean, the, the pie is, there is certainly enough uh, pie, you know, for it to get more slices from competitors. Mm-hmm. So I would say if we look at the life cycle of uh, the e-commerce here, it's probably reaching a midpoint and you know, not oversaturated yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know, TikTok tries to get a foothold, mm. uh, you know, to get a slice of, of, of the pie uh, in this part of the world. Mm, all right, exciting days indeed. Uh, thanks a lot, David. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. As always, thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.